Happy Monday. I'm really excited to be sharing this episode with Madison. Honestly, it was such a powerful discussion and I'm so, you know, happy that I was able to have it in person too because usually, you know, I've been doing a lot of my recordings remotely and I I thought that I was going to be remote because Madison lives in Indiana, but she came to Texas and we were able to sit down and chat and it was just absolutely wonderful um it's also I know a pretty awesome story just behind how we got connected basically back I don't even know over a year ago when I was building out my website I connected Madison so she could help me create it because she does all the stuff from the back end her and Andrew and you know we were talking and she asked what the mission of my podcast was and I told her a little bit about my mission and my story and how I lost a friend to suicide because that's a big part of why I began Solace in the City. And she um, told me that she'd actually lost someone in her life to suicide as well. And we really, you know, bonded over that. And I think just that connection and wanting to create something that's for a bigger purpose than ourselves really helped make the website what it is today, which is absolutely beautiful. I owe all, you know, the by salsacity.com is the coolest freaking website in the world and I feel like I can brag about that because I I owe it all to Madison and Andrew. Um but yeah, if you want to, I mean I'll plug this more at the end, but if you want to learn a little bit more about Madison and her work, you can go to Madison Shay, Shay spelled S H E A.com or see Grief and Groundwork on Instagram at grief and groundwork. Um but yeah, Right before I dive into this episode, I do want to talk a little about Talkspace. Um, it's actually been a crazy week in the best way possible. Talkspace went public uh, la- about on the Tuesday of last week and then started trading on Wednesday. And then we had a big party and ran- rang the bell of the NASDAQ in New York City on Thursday. And it was just the coolest experience in my life. I could not love a group of people more than I love my coworkers at Talkspace. And I've never in a million years thought I'd ever say that in out loud. Like I never thought I would love my coworkers. As most of you know, I was pretty miserable when I graduated college and started working. I really didn't like my job. I didn't like the people I was working with for the most part. I mean, I, I had just, I was really miserable and I, I cried myself to sleep a lot of nights and being able to work with such kind-hearted, empathetic, caring individuals and not to mention some of the smartest people I've ever met in my entire life has been and it made these past four months incredible and then meeting them in real life was like so weird because I felt like I already knew them all and it was literally like after 10 minutes that we all just forgot that we had all met on Zoom and had the best four days ever and then we had one public and I got to go to this cool place in New York and it was just, oh, it was wonderful. So, um, yeah, that, that is all to say. Well, two things for one, you know, obviously, um, talk, 
Talkspace sponsors this podcast. So if you want to get $100 off your first month of therapy, you can go to Talkspace.com and use my code Zoe for $100 off. Um, and, and again, that's $100 off an unlimited messaging therapy and um, live video sessions. So it's pretty sick deal. But also it, I brought that up because I want anyone out there listening to know that, you know, if you're in, if you're doing a job or in a situation that you're just and that's just not making you happy, don't be afraid to change, especially now. I mean, I know I can speak from experience, like during the pandemic when there, there were no jobs opening, I like, or, and, you know, people were getting laid off and it was just looking so bleak. And I was very lucky to have job security and be in a job, but I felt so trapped and I felt like I couldn't make a change because you know, what if whatever I went to failed or what if I, you know, quit my job and then wasn't able to find anything. And yes, that's, that's a fair point. But I also think that coming, seeing it from the other side and just seeing how happy I am in this new, wonderful company makes me firmly believe that if you are at all unhappy with what you're doing, like you are wasting your life because, you know, you, you spend a very, you spend 40 hours a week at least in whatever your, you know, your job is, whatever company you're working for. So like, why would you want to have a miserable 40 hours? That's a big chunk of life. So just food for thought. I'll probably do an episode on like that kind of stuff later, but I realized that I'm running pretty late on this intro. So let's just pass it over to Madison. Welcome to another episode of Solace in the City. Today, I am so excited to be here in person in Austin with Madison Eshelman, who is the co-creator of my incredible website and the founder of Grief and Groundwork. Thank you so much for being here. Yes, I'm excited. Um, So if you don't mind starting out by telling me a little bit about yourself, where are you from? How old are you? Where'd you grow up? What's your story? Yeah, I am 28. Um, I was born and raised in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I lived there most of my life, got my psychology degree in Colorado, and then lived in Minneapolis for a couple of years, was doing social work in Denver and in Minneapolis, and then just a couple of years ago, about three years ago, moved back to my hometown in Indiana. Awesome. Yeah. It's so funny for context for anyone listening, like Madison and I connected because I needed someone to help build out my website, and um, she was in web design and obviously you know, responded to my inquiry and then we were talking and I was saying how I was, you know, doing this mental health podcast and like was interested in social work and you're like, you know, I I used to work in social work and it's just so wild how things really, like the world is so small and interconnected in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. That's just me kind of getting spiritual. Um, (laughs) So you have this incredible, um, you know, company you started, Grief and Groundwork. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about you know, why you start, uh, decided to start it, what the inspiration was behind it, and just like, mm-hmm. you know, what your mission is. Yeah. So, like I said, I was doing social work for many years um, following my degree, um, and I loved it. I loved working with people. I loved 
doing that one-on-one work, but I felt very limited in some of the jobs that I had. I was working at homeless shelters in Minneapolis. I was helping people transition, like living in transitional, living to permanent housing. And then when I moved back to Fort Wayne, I was working at a homeless shelter and I loved it, but I never felt like I could fully do exactly what I wanted or more importantly, what I felt like was best for the client. And then in November of 2019, I was already considering leaving. Um, We were actually supposed to go to Thailand, but then COVID and all this stuff. But I was already kind of planning on quitting and transitioning to being self-employed, but didn't really have quite a a plan yet. But then in November of 2019, I lost my ex-husband to suicide. And it completely shook my whole world. Um, Needless to say, like fell into a deep depression. And wow, just like... (sighs) learned grief um, more than ever in my life Um, and throughout my healing journey you know just being in so much therapy having an amazing mentor being in support groups um, it just felt like my natural step once I got to a place where I felt you know I could handle it obviously Um, you know I wanted to be self-employed I wanted to continue doing something in that arena that I'm passionate about mental health and it just came honestly just so natural after since I was doing that work myself I knew what helped and what didn't um which sucked I didn't want to know those things but um I think it would just when you go through something like that it's just like I felt drawn to people who had similar losses or just loss in general right like who needed somewhere to go so um somewhere in that journey um I started grief and groundwork um been doing that for uh, about a year like you said along with kind of co-owning be digital but um now grief and groundwork is kind of my main thing I'm putting most of my time and energy into that and I love it wow that's an incredible story and also it just like really hits home I mean you know and like people listening know that the much of the reason for this that this podcast came to be is because of a suicide loss I um, endured and the major depression that came afterwards uh, and it just it really is turning pain into passion in like the purest form um, I guess did you know at the time that you, that your ex-husband was struggling with like anything to, in terms of depression or was it completely you completely blindsided I, I did um I did I, it was really hard too because we had you know he was my ex-husband so it was it was kind of like this weird area of I was I wanted to reach out I wanted to talk to him but I felt like I was the trigger in a lot of ways so it was kind of hard because I knew but I didn't really have much contact in terms of I mean we would talk but I would not bring up his depression because I felt as if I, in many ways, would trigger it. So that was really challenging. I think also just so much blame can come with that. Yeah. And it's not that it's warranted in any way, but just by virtue of the situation. Like, I know, you know, just from experience that Mm -hmm. people who dated my friend, for example, have, like, an even deeper and more convoluted level set of trauma or sense of trauma because uh, because of his death and 
there's no I mean it's hard to say there's no reason for it obviously there's a reason for it but it, it they shouldn't feel that way but it's it's kind complicated. of complicated. It's yeah. so complicated. I was talking about it in therapy today. I mean, there's, there are like every situation is different. My situation, I actually had people straight up tell me it was my fault. Um, his family in particular. And although there's like tons of empathy and, uh, you know, and like around that and a lot of healing that's happened around that, um, that was hard. It's hard still, you know, like I'm talking about it in therapy today, like to ground yourself in like reality and, that decision is no one but that person and you could seriously drive yourself crazy trying to like figure out who to blame and yeah how long I mean because November 2019 that's like what five months before COVID Mm -hmm. would you say that COVID you know going into isolation like I feel like that can go happen one of two things could happen like either you literally go insane or Mm -hmm it's kind of a perfect time to pause and reflect. I was thankful for it. I remember thinking if this wasn't happening, I would feel crazy because I would not be able to leave my house. And so it was, I was really actually glad that I was stuck in my house. Mm -hmm. It was perfect. Yeah. It was helpful. Actually, I had a friend on last week's episode, or I don't know, a few weeks back, but, um, but she had a very similar situation where she went into like a really dark depression and had to live with her um, uncle right before COVID. And then COVID hit and no, everyone was living with their parents. So she was like, it made me feel yeah. normal. Like it made mm-hmm. me feel like I could, I had something, you know, Oh, it's COVID, you know, like I'm working yeah. from home, but really like, which is not to, you know, minimize the fact that like COVID affected a lot of people in terrible ways. But I, I do think that there's this weird, like it's almost like a paradox where people who, who have mental health experience actually appreciated COVID because mm-hmm. it did allow you like to be introverted and to not take feel a step like back. the pressure of that. Yeah. 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 Or like, Oh, just go out and you know, it'll help you take your mind off of it. Like, right. no, it will absolutely not. I'll just drink too much and then really cry. Yeah. So I think there is a sense of peace in that. And, and from the sounds of it, it sounds like you, use that time to, you know, kind of come up with grieving groundwork, just yeah. basing on timeline. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think both of our businesses really, I mean, we were again, be- beginning of COVID, we started the digital marketing that was much lighter. I mean, it was hard. It was, it's hard. It's a hard business, but, um, that was like having not mental health focus was kind of easy right away. And then once I, you know, was going to therapy like regularly (laughs) I finally got to a place where I was like yes like this it in that time I was able to think it up you know spend the time getting yeah yes COVID contributed a lot to that I think having the time and space to do that what would you say were some of the most like like when was there a turning point for you in the in the sense of you kind of gave yourself more forgiveness in the, in the depths of my feeling. Oh my gosh. Some, so my passion specifically is around the importance of feeling your feelings. Um, I'm very passionate about like, like emotionally focused therapy, EFT, if you've heard of it. And, um, I think like that is where any change happens. 
when we can kind of get under our defenses, something that I've really appreciated. I don't know if you've heard of it, the change triangle. Gosh, what is her name? Hillary something. She wrote, it's not always depression. Have you heard of that book? No, but you would love it. It's so great. (laughs) Um, But she talks about this change triangle and the top left hand corner is our defenses. And the other top right corner is our inhibitory emotions, which would be like anxiety, shame and guilt. And then at the bottom triangle, so it's like upside down, the bottom point is where our core feelings are, if you can picture this. And that has been so important in my healing and how I was able to start get beyond this guilt, realizing that guilt and shame is a way that we inhibit ourselves unintentionally. It's a defense. It's an inhibitory emotion that gets us from feeling our core, fe- our core emotions. And so what my therapist and mentor help me get to the bottom of is like if you're feeling overwhelmed with this guilt what if you just set that aside for a second what's underneath that um and that was life-changing for me to realize that like guilt you know was this inhibitory emotion rather than like this reality it's not it's not it was not at the core of me I don't know if I'm explaining yeah. that well enough it helped me realize so once I was able to peel back that with help because that is honestly almost impossible to do by yourself and that's why I started grief and groundwork um you can see that underneath that guilt is just deep deep sadness and pain and maybe anger oh, I had a lot of anger still do um and when you can get to a place of having support and feeling those hard feelings and staying in that place guilt does diminish it can I don't even remember what your question was. (laughs) Did I answer it? Yeah. No, that that makes a lot of sense. It almost reminds me of internal family systems in a way. I'm not sure if you've, and I'm probably going to give the worst explanation of this type of therapy, but basically it is, it's this guy, I don't even remember the guy's name. I want to say Dr. Schwartz may be his name. Richard Schwartz. Sounds right. And he came up with this type of therapy called IFS. And it's basically based off of family th- a family therapy model, but the family dynamic is like the person. So, for example, like you have different parts in you. There's like the inner child. There's yes, the yes, yes, yes. Yeah, like all of that, and then I forget what the what like the. But there is a part of it that's basically like if you keep adding on different layers like for example using like alcoholism as an example right alcoholism is just like because it's a mask for something deeper Mm -hmm. and like if you don't treat the alcoholism then like self-harm or something could be on top of that and like that's the ultimate like band-aid fix Mm -hmm. so it kind of goes back to needing to process your feelings be with those emotions with help like Mm -hmm. that's why i'm so i'm not sure if I'm like going off all these tangents of just interesting approaches to therapy and just healing like um, the use of psychedelics and like ayahuasca, like Mm -hmm. which for, I mean, I'm a very emotional person to begin with, so I don't really need to like take an hallucinogenic to cry. But like, I think it's so interesting hearing these like about these like 50 year old white men going to Jamaica to take mushrooms like being watched and then going to therapy like I'm all for that mm-hmm. if, if it's gonna help you like actually tap into your feelings like do what you gotta do man pay that however much that cost to fly you out to Jamaica or there's a place mm-hmm. in northern Austin if anyone's interested but I didn't realize that I was I was actually really wanting to do that for a while and 
didn't end up doing it, but I'm interested in that as well. There's I think a place it could be in really Northern Austin. <laughs> I did not know that. Oh my yeah. gosh. It's so interesting just people who I mean, especially for like trauma that when you're really young and like don't even remember it, mm-hmm. people do this and then they'll leave and be like, Wow, I I'm gay. Like I yeah. didn't know. Like they'll just have the most insane realizations yeah. that are so empowering because they were able to do it not only with help, but also with a community. I think mm-hmm. that's such I mean, a and really, I'm imagining what it's doing is just getting down to your subconscious, mm-hmm. right? Like, just really healing those places. And to go back to the triangle, like, that probably gets you right there. Like, yeah, your like defenses right go down. You can't have your defenses. You can't have your inhibitory emotions. Like, I mean, I guess you could get anxious on that, you know, but, like, ideally in that situation, yeah. you're not going to. And just gets right to those feelings, which a lot of people struggle. I mean today in therapy right I was like totally aware like I literally do this for a living okay and (laughs) she's like Madison you have a defense and I'm like I can't I can't access I can't access this meal I can't get like even knowing it's just so hard to go to that place sometimes to like get in touch for me my the hardest thing for me to get in touch with is not my sadness but my anger I have a lot of like I don't know what that is I'm still kind of unpacking it but yeah I think in a situation like that it's really great because it just gets you right there. All the defenses are, can be gone. Yeah. And we have so many, like endless. It's crazy. That's so interesting. I'm kind of going to like go backwards in time because I know for me, part of like the guilt I felt with my friend's loss was like the fact that I had already gone through depression. And so I was like, okay, how did I not see this coming? Like, I literally experienced what he had. I could have spot. I could have talked to him. I mean, all this is obviously mm-hmm. hindsight be twenty twenty, and this could not have happened. But in my ideal world of like wanting to save someone, I and I know that you you know studied psychology. So I guess my question is kind of what prompted your original interest in psychology? Like, did you always know you wanted to go down this route, and this was just like a really scary coincidence? Um, it is a coincidence, but my, um, I'm now like looking back on it. I'm very glad, but my brother was a heroin addict for 10 years. So initially I was thinking I wanted to be an addictions counselor. Um, that's what kind of prompted me getting my degree. And I really only worked, I guess I did the, the treatment that I worked in a, I did work in a treatment facility and I also did work in a homeless shelter that's uh, specialized in addiction. So I did use my degree. I did use that passion for a little while. Obviously my passion, I think under all addiction, right? There is grief. That's why I love grief and groundwork. I love this name because I don't like it because sometimes people think, Oh, if I'm not like grieving, people think of grief as like death. And it's like, no, like grief is in everything. I, I view grief as just feeling your feelings, right? Mm -hmm. Like you grieving, leaving New York, for example, there was probably some grief there or, I mean, like not having a graduation because of COVID. There you go. Yes, it's it's anything. But when we don't feel our feelings, when we don't grieve these things, and we minimize it, and we say, "Oh, it's not that big of a deal," oh, people have it worse. Like all these ways in our society that we minimize drinking it away or trying to at least like it piles up. It piles up, and then we become irritable. We become anxious. I mean, like how many people in the U.S. alone have anxiety? It's like you have grief. Yeah. Like, I just want to just talk to everybody and say, like, yes, maybe, like, a 2% of you have, like, this thing that you were born with that you, you know what I mean? 
I, but my belief from my own experience and literally every client that I've ever had who has been diagnosed with anxiety, including myself, um, it's unprocessed grief. Mm-hmm. Depression too. It's Depression is our body's coping mechanism. When something gets too hard, it dissociates, it shuts down, it numbs when we're not feeling our feelings. And then on the other extreme, it gets anxious. And those are two polar opposite ways, and sometimes both simultaneously yeah. for some people, right? Um, where we avoid. And pe- I don't think I viewed it that way most of my life. I don't think I viewed, I, and, and this is coming from somebody who has, I've been depressed multiple times throughout my life, and I didn't have these resources or this knowledge to say, oh, like, I was just like, oh, I have depression, depression, end of story. I have anxiety, end of story. But then when I learned how to grieve, it opened this whole pathway of like, that's where my passion came from. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is absolutely life changing. I don't have depression. You know, it's just a label, whatever, you know, you can, but I guess how I thought about that was this is something out of my control. This is something completely out of my control. And when I hear someone has depression, I'm like, come on, let's, let's talk because you, whether it's conscious or unconscious, there is something inside of you that needs processed, something that is maybe, you know, like maybe some inner child work that needs to be done. It could be from before you can even remember, or it can be just us perpetually shoving things down, you know? So, yeah, no, that's so interesting. And it's so true because I think back, I always try to think back or (laughs) not always. I, prefer not to think back to when I was depressed, but yeah, I, and like pinpoint, you know, what set it off because I, I completely agree. Like there was, it's a coping mechanism for something that occurred. It's just more of a matter of like realizing what that was. And then at other points in my life, I can definitely say, Oh, it was this, but I think so many things in our lives are trauma responses. Mm -hmm. And as you said, kind of can manifest themselves in different ways or different ways simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So now what I guess is your main focus with grief and groundwork in terms of like, what do you do with your clients? Mm-hmm. Is it a therapy style approach? Like what does a session look like? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, it's very similar, you know, I'm not a licensed therapist, so, you know, it's going to look a little bit different possibly. Um, but I'm do I'm really just, it's just holding space for people and it's similar to therapy, just being kind of like reflecting back to them what I'm hearing. Um, that's so important because, and that's been huge in my own journey, um, to just like hear someone's story and where they like make themselves small and just say hey I noticed you made yourself small here obviously like if I had an example right now I could do it better but that alone can be so healing for people Mm -hmm. like I was like hey do you realize that you have just been like so self-deprecating this entire session right (laughs) like and that repeating back but really when I once we build a relationship I know their story we're going to do the change triangle we're utilizing that a ton right where are these defenses we need to start noticing our defenses because if we don't start by noticing our defenses they will overtake our lives and um, and our inhibitory emotions right like 
So I'm working with the client. They're processing their story. Maybe they're crying and then suddenly anxious. I see their face change. I notice their body language change and I will bring them back to the change triangle. I'll pull it up. We've already talked about it so they know what it is. Okay, what just happened here? You were in your feelings. You were in your core emotions and I saw you go up to here. That means wherever we were, wherever we were talking, it got too painful. It got too hard. And so you naturally, subconsciously or consciously, right, you went back up to here to anxiety, to guilt, to shame. And so my kind of role in the session is to just bring that awareness and hopefully provide a safety for people to keep practicing. It's like physical therapy. It's like uh, like gaining muscle strength. Let's stay in our core emotions. Let's stay what's honest. That's what's honest. You know, like that's what your authentic self is yeah. right before all this stuff got piled on. So... It's really just that. Um, I do a lot of inner child's work because I think that's very important. It's been very important in my journey. And I think a lot of our, whether, I mean, even in my current trauma, right? Um, my most recent trauma is still very affected and magnified by childhood traumas. And, yeah. and trauma is a big word. So like just, you know, even like childhood things that could have gone better, we could say, right? Like, little D traumas right like I've noticed that even like my like childhood stuff like affects how I've dealt with the death of my ex-husband right like it's all intertwined and so we're Mm -hmm. doing inner child work we're noticing our defenses we're doing a lot of practicing around self-compassion because that that we can we can practice self-compassion and self-love which is like such a foreign concept to so many people they're like dude do you act like how do you actually love yourself that's a myth and I'm like no I think that is a defense. When you're in your core emotions, when you start when you start living there, when you start you get s- practice that muscle long enough to stay there, you can start having compassion on yourself, because guilt, shame, the things that keep us from loving and accepting ourselves, are inhibitory emotions because something is too painful. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's that's kind of I guess an overview of what a session would look like. No, that's so awesome, and it's also just so. Imp- important like I can think of I mean two examples one being just one of my previous therapists did you know that kind of as you mentioned like reflection of as you said you know you know you're being you're completely relying on self-deprecation like my therapist was like do you know how many times you just called yourself stupid and I was like hmm yeah I do say that a lot and mm-hmm. l- and like I did it was really hard to like catch myself in the moment being like stop like oh, wow, that was so stupid of me. And like, just being like, why, did I, why do I need to say that? And now I rarely notice myself doing that. And then also like one of my best friends, the one who moved to Austin <laughs> recently after I told her to visit, she's actually a therapist. And it's so, it's just so interesting having a really great friend who's a therapist because she, we have like obviously a friendship, but sometimes she'll catch me being like, did you realize what you just said there? Mm-hmm. Or like, you're not, or I'll say, if I said, I, like, oh, I'm stupid, you're like, you're not stupid. Mm-hmm. And then I have to catch myself being like, you're right, you're right, Hillary. But it's, it's just so interesting. And also just learning from her, like, the number of people, including herself, who go into these professions, so much of it is because of either what they went through mm-hmm. themselves, what they saw a family member or a loved one go through. They're just like, I think the quote she used was like therapy is a selfish profession, but in like a good way. Right. Yeah. Because it's like 
you relate so much more to someone who's gone through it. Yeah. I describe it, um, or at least have described it before as it's like you find this treasure, like you are frantically looking for something, a solution. Like you're looking for treasure when you're depressed and when you're anxious, it's like literally feels like the end of the world. And when you find this treasure, it's like, how could I not share this? Mm -hmm. Like if like, when you're at your I mean like I have absolutely been suicidal absolutely um again to the change triangle that was my defense I think that's it's much easier to be there which you know I I use that lightly because I know it's not easy but it's easier to be there uh than to be in our like feeling like feeling the depth of that sadness is truly unbearable wouldn't wish it on my person yes truly unbearable to say the absolute least unbearable Um, but for me to realize that as somebody who has been suicidal and understand, understand how easy it would be just to end it, like literally the easiest thing in the world when you're in that place. Once I got through that, it was like, I have to give everyone who needs this, this, not the solution. That sounds odd. Like a tool. tool. Yeah. The tool. Yeah. Yeah the tool to realize that like you actually can get through this without just saying, Hey, you can get through this. I believe in you. It'll get better. Time heals. Like, no, let's do the dirty work. Let us, let's sit in the shit of this. Like, and I want to do that. I want to hear the depths of what's going on because I believe that like, that is how we heal when we're honest with ourselves. When you have a space where you can really just be honest, like the dirty, honest truth about how hard it is. Yeah, like you need space for that. Um, I did. That's how I'm able to even be talking to you today. It's literally a miracle that I'm here. So, no, it's so true. That's why, like, when I was applying for my job at Talkspace, like, I'm usually, you know, I had prepped for so many sales jobs in terms of saying, like, what motivates you, like, money and like all <laughs> that shit. And I went to Talkspace, and I was like, honestly, I think I would fuck up this job, like. I already am telling all my friends and family members to go to therapy. Like if that's the job is just pitching this, like I don't need sales experience. <laughs> You're like, right. the job. Like, right. But I was like, like this is my dream job. But I, I honestly think I'd be good. Cause I'm literally already telling my friends and I don't get paid for it. So yeah, like please help. But no, it's, it's true. And I think like, as you said, it, especially when you go through something, so awful and can get out of it and be and point to what helped you like it makes just it's like a makes perfect sense to Mm -hmm. want to um pay it forward Mm -hmm. and then now too like seeing it you know everyone's like has like their own view of what helps right but then now I have this like case study of sorts by like all these clients that I've had for the past year and seeing their like how far they've all come like there's something here like this isn't you know, and I'm, obviously I'm, I didn't create this. Like, this is not like a theory that, like I said, like, um, I wish I knew her name, Hillary something, the woman who wrote, it's not always depression. Like, sh- you know, there's other people out here like doing this work. Like I'm not just making it up. And that's also just like really encouraging to see that like emotional focus, like therapeutic techniques are like penetrating society now. And it's wonderful because I think it's what needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. If you could go back to yourself 
in November 2019 and say like one thing, what would you tell yourself? Oof. I got asked this once. Now I'm going to like ask everyone oh because it's God. like a really tough question. I just want to hold her. I don't even want to say anything like, oh my gosh, I'm like choked up even thinking about it. Ugh. I just want to hold her and let her cry. Yeah. It's like, it's so hard because there's not a lot, there's like not a lot that I think when I think like my lowest point that I'd believe. Exactly. Yeah. There's nothing that you could have told me then. And I don't think I needed to hear anything then. I just needed space to just be as fucked up as I needed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Or I think what I said on my, because I I was being interviewed and I think I said like, I just want to, I would want a glimpse of what I'm doing now. Yeah. That would be nice. (laughs) And being like, look what came out of this absolute burning pile of shit. Yeah. Like (laughs) that would be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's what I would need. And it could only come from some futuristic Zoe of like, be like, I swear this is real. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I always wrap up with a couple of questions, some unrelated, but they always kind of, you know, tap back in. What's one thing in your life that's happened to you that's made you a stronger person today? Hmm. I mean, I guess this loss, right? I hate, I hate it. Don't you hate that? I hate that it's made me a stronger person because I just want to say that it's the most awful thing in the whole world. I hate finding the silver lining in my grief, but the reality is... I think it has made me a stronger person, made me a better person, made me a more aware person, a more compassionate, self-compassionate, compassionate towards other, empathetic. Yeah, it's comp- this grief has completely changed me. So yeah, and it's losing losing Jordan, losing my ex-husband for sure. And it's created a whole new like career path and like life for you. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know helping other people yeah exactly like and that's others. just the the goal that's the dream is that i could somehow use this for good yeah i can't even imagine it's like and that's part of the reason i want to become a therapist is just the feeling i get when i get like a dm being like this moved me yeah is so incredible and like seeing that in real time in real mm-hmm. life must be just yeah it's indescribable. it's amazing yeah <laughs> oh, that's so great um, do you have a favorite quote or a mantra that you live by? Hmm. <sighs> what is my mantra? I don't know what my mantra is. Feel all your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> all feelings welcome. I'm getting mugs made. Feel right yourself. <laughs> That's Feel <good>. myself. <laughs> um, I say, what did I, what did I say? I was, oh yeah, where there is c- discomfort, there is growth. Thanks for reminding me of that. Yeah. Oh, I like Where that. there is discomfort, there is growth. That is, yes, that is it. That is what I say. <laughs> um, I have a magnet on the, actually my mom gave it to me and I was like, this is actually spot on. It says d- like, it's similar vibes of like difficult roads often lead to beautiful destinations yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. I like that because it it's like when you think of, like so many people are just like, yep, I don't want to go to therapy. I don't want to do coaching. I don't want to go to this work. I don't want to do any of this stuff because it's like so anxiety producing. But it's like that is where it's at. Yeah. Like it like will be. But the then. Is yeah. At. Yeah. Like it will always be just like uncomfortable. Like all like I think of everything in my life, like starting grief and groundwork was very uncomfortable. 
very uncomfortable. Like, I was actively grieving. Like, you know how many, like, voices I had in my head? Just like, You're, you can't do this. You can't do Right? Like, starting a business is hard. I mean, like, yes. When, where the, like, I went, like, this therapy session this morning. I didn't want to go to a freaking therapy session and went on my vacation. For three hours. For three freaking hours. But I did because I was like, th- something good will come of this. I knowingly walked into, like, the most painful three hours possible to have some growth on the other side of it so yeah it's also just so interesting because it made me think of this because I was like literally just had a, a solid core class and <laughs> where they literally are like it's okay your muscles are breaking but that's because they're, they're going to come back stronger and like yeah. that's so normalized and it just makes me so upset that the brain and like emotions aren't thought of that in the same mm-hmm. way people mm-hmm. aren't like it's okay. You're getting like, pe- I don't know. People don't accept that. Whereas yeah. like, they're like, oh, your leg is about to break in half because you're in so much pain. Like just got to keep pushing because now you're going to like have ripped legs or yeah. whatever. So it is absolutely the same. You're totally right. Like, I don't know. That just like, I was in a lot of discomfort and I'm hoping I'm going to be in growth because of working out. So like the same freaking thing with therapy or mm-hmm. processing emotions. Um, yeah. Little tangent, but. I had to plug that. <laughs> I do like solid core though. So like no, no one cancel me. Um, <laughs> my next question is what do you love most about yourself? Ooh. <sighs> That's a really good question. I, I love that I am willing to go to these places. How do I word that? I don't know how to put that in like a phrase. I love that I'm, that I, push through the fear yeah I'm like I really am I was thinking today after this therapy session I was like I am so I like took a a picture of myself on the parking lot like a selfie of like my like you know like how you look when you're done crying it's like it's not cute but I was just like I need to remember this like how proud I am of myself that I like I keep running towards my pain yeah like not no like on the unhealthy way either right where I'm just like shoving Ben and Jerry's down my throat like oh, I'm so sad which I do that all the time by the way but just like really going like you towards, want yeah like yes. you want to just be the best version of yourself yeah and you like know I'm just not it. giving up and I'm really proud of myself for doing that because it's not easy like anyone who doesn't do it I get it like I get that people don't do this work because it's really freaking hard yeah yeah well, that's amazing wait when is your birthday February 24th are you Pisces yeah, technically, I don't feel like I identify with Pisces, but I am a Pisces. When is Aries begin? I literally have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> I get Aries vibes because of like star- self-started, but also feeling the feelings is Pisces-ish. But I don't really know this stuff, but I know that my moon mm. is Leo. I'm a Leo moon. Okay, I don't really know entirely what that means, but it was read to me once, and I was like, wow, I really vibe with the leo yeah i i know about leo moon because for a while i did my i put my i put the wrong year in co-star so i it said i was a capricorn moon which are like capricorn moons are very repressed with their emotions they don't confront them i was like this doesn't make any sense and then an astrologer was like you did this wrong like you are not like your mars isn't in pluto or something like that and i was like (laughs) okay what and he was like, yeah, you, you said your birthday was 2015. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. It was not. Um, but then they were like, you're a Leo moon. Like, you're very emotional. 
mm-hmm. you really like are forward with your emotions. I was like, mm-hmm. that adds up. So yeah. that's why I believe in astrology. <laughs> um, and my last question is how do you find solace in the city? And city can be whatever you want it to be in terms of like, mm. I, you know, New York city was the original. Right. Yeah. But now I can't even say that cause I'm in Austin. <laughs> How do I find, how do you find solace? Can I throw it at you? How do you find solace in the city? Honestly, conversations like this. Yeah. Yeah. Finding like-minded people, right? Yeah, I think that's it. Finding like-minded people holds it all together, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like coming to Austin and my all my friends here just, I've met. We like kind of joke and say we trauma bonded, but like we did. Like <laughs> everyone, like we like talk, but just about like real shit. Yeah. And if someone's like not having a great day, there's even though I've known these people for like three months, I know that mm-hmm. they'll be there for me. And it's like, and just especially, I sound like a I don't know, like a forty year old like man saying this, but like everyone's on their phones all these days and you know what I mean like (laughs) people rarely sit down for an hour or like 45 minutes and just have a discussion about real shit Mm -hmm. and so having this podcast and like being able to speak to people I know people I don't know is just yeah I'm right there with you if I can steal your answer yeah 100% (laughs) and I'm sure you do it too just like with your clients and yeah being able to both help them but also I imagine it's you probably learn from them Mm, definitely absolutely yeah well Madison thank you so much for coming on the podcast and just so great I'm so happy you're in Austin too this is sick I Um, know if anyone has recommendations send them my way and I'll pass them along um where can everyone follow you learn more about grief and groundwork support you um I imagine that there's no licenses in terms of like zoom sessions so do you like have remote clients yeah i have all all of my clients but one is remote <laughs> then perfect yeah so I, I work with people all over the world actually not even just in the u.s so oh, wow yeah um yeah so you can find me uh grief and groundwork for in, is my instagram so grief and groundwork is the instagram handle i have a grief and groundwork facebook group not super active in it yet but my i i'd like to one day so there's a group like a private group you can join um and then my website is madisonshea.com. That's where like my intake form is and all of that. And then also, I hopefully in the next month is my goal, I'll be selling merch and uh, a percentage of that merch will go towards like uh, scholarships of sorts to help people who can't afford um, like paying for coaching, right, um, to help go towards that. So I think that's all the things that I... Yeah, I think that's everything. Amazing. Well, thanks again, and bye, everyone. Bye.